Texas loudspeaker. Welcome to Connecting a Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. On this episode, I spend time with Kimberly Giles, co-founder of Little Willows, whom she founded with her sister. Little Willows provides coordinated clothing boxes for young children in underserved families throughout Northern Colorado. With the conviction that every child deserves to look and feel their best in every season, Little Willows exists to supply children and families in need with new or gently used clothing donated by generous community members. These boxes are not just practical gifts to meet practical needs, they are filled with hope, bestowing confidence and courage to those marked by scarcity or insecurity. So I'm super excited to have Kim join me um, on the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about Little Willows, but mostly I kind of wanted to start at the beginning because you started this with your sister, right? That's really exciting. So tell me a little bit more about you, um, about your sister. Um, You know, where did you guys grow up? Did you have role models or mentors that you looked up to um, that were involved in this type of, um, well, not your type, but any type of philanthropy? Yeah, definitely. So I'm the youngest of four. And uh, we grew up in Longmont area most of my life. And so Colorado native. And my dad was in ministry. So he was a pastor at a church. And my mom did childcare and did all the things with them. So we had people in and out of our house all the time. We, we um, had meals and uh, were just heavily a part of the community in Longmont growing up. And people were a priority. So we definitely had that as a basis of our growing up. And um, I was close with all my siblings growing up and still the best friends of my adulthood as well. And my sister spent some time overseas. So in that time, she was in uh, Thailand and India working with early childhood and actually teaching um, people how to teach children. So she had an experience there for many years, but then ended up coming back. And so when she came back, We were both just trying to kind of figure out life and how to do it and how to do it well and what was our role. And um, those conversations were just honestly brain dumps of trying to encourage each other on how to live the best life. And it ended up unfolding in something that we get to do together. And so it was really cool just to see how those conversations of where she was at and what she was seeing in the community at a nonprofit in Fort Collins, um, working with families that, uh, low-income families, families that needed extra support, seeing how they were actually having access to a lot of resources, Mm -hmm. but not the time or the capability to necessarily manage everything coming at them. Mm -hmm. And so I think oftentimes 
with the best intentions, we give our stuff to people without thinking through how it's being received and what that process is to actually uh, pull out what is actually uh, useful and what can be intentionally used for their season. So she was seeing that side of things and I was um, nannying for a couple of wonderful families that um, are so dear to me and helping with clothes management. <laughs> Organizing is uh, literally a hobby of mine and um, you cannot show me a closet without me potentially redoing it. And um, so I just really helped them kind of keep up because kids grow really fast. <laughs> And also in Colorado, we have four seasons. So keeping up with all of that is um, definitely not an easy task for families. And what I was seeing is a surplus of clothing that we have in America for most families. And then uh, when you're transitioning a child out of a size or a season, what do you do with those clothes? There are memories attached, there's emotions attached, and it's really hard to let go. And there wasn't a great entity to give those over to that you knew where they were going. And so we saw an opportunity really to create this middle entity, being able to take excess clothing and giving it new life and new dignity to provide in an intentional and thoughtful way to someone else. And it's provide freedom in both um, situations um, of just freedom of space and time and a contribution to the community. So that's kind of the, the beginning roots of, of what Little Willows uh, was shaped from. I love that. And here I am sitting. So I have two kids. Yeah. One's 13 and one's 15. And I'm like, hmm, I've got boxes and bins down there that my husband would love to release because it's one of those things where it's exactly what you said. There's so much memories and so many things that you, I mean, it's not like I'm going to have another kid, right? But I just don't want to let it go. I'm thinking, oh, maybe for my own grandchildren in like 20 years. But yeah. then it's like, really, are you really going to keep that? And I love what you said about, um, not people think about the giving, but not necessarily on the receiving side, right? Because we volunteered, my, my children and I have volunteered at different places that do get a lot of clothing. And I mean, you are just going through all kinds of stuff, right? Um, but the one thing that I did love about what you guys did or what I heard so far, and I'll learn some more today, is just you know, how much care you put into sorting through it and packaging up so it, it, that it is somewhat of, you know, a dignity present almost. But um, I can see where it comes from now because of the care that you guys were brought up in. But then also, I love the organization skills. I'm just thinking, oh, I wonder <laughs> if she can come over to my closet because she would just, oh my gosh, you would totally Marie Kondo my closet. Yes. I will say, um, she Marie kondo before Marie Kondo. I'm like, oh. Thanks. I'll oh my I gosh. I love it. And it's funny because I used to be like that. I remember in college, I went over to a friend's um, dorm and I could not stand the way that his clothes were hanging. So I had to take everything out, rehang it back up and like space everything out. And we laugh about it now, but I 
feel like I've met my spirit animal when you were talking about that. Because I was like, oh my gosh, I've done that before. I don't do it as much yeah. anymore, but I totally get what you're saying. So I love how all of that stemmed and came back together. You know, maybe after your sister came back from her work overseas, and then it sounds like she did some work here and started to see the need. And then you and her, you know, just the perfect partnership in addition to each other to create what Little Willows is. So it's, it's super. It just sounds very very, very special. Um, and it sounds like it was something that was important that she saw. Um, and of course, with your organizational skills and just, um, like I said, I, I feel like I can feel the care coming through of why you guys are doing this, right? Um, so, you know, how did you find, how did you start to find some of the resources or get the donations um, to even get started? Yeah, so we kind of just threw out this text message to some of our closer friends saying, hey, we've got this idea. We don't know where it's going to go, but we want to try it. We want to offer it um, and see where it goes. So it was only about 10 different friends and they were all like, yeah, we got stuff. Come get it. So we started with that. And um, two years ago, uh, we were just reflecting on this today, actually, because two years ago, we took our first Little Willow's curated clothing box to a placement that my brother and sister-in-law said yes to. And he was a little one-month baby boy. And today he and his sister are adopted now into our family. So it was very emotional morning for all of us as we virtually welcomed them into our family and thinking back of the journey of them and of Little Willow's the last two years. And um Awesome that he was our first client from Little Willows. Wow. So they are adopted in your family, like your actual yeah. family? Wow. Yeah, him. And um, yeah, so it was really sweet. And yeah, so maybe uh, I kind of jump in. I get really excited and I forget to explain the process. Yes. <laughs> and that's what we do. Uh, and we uh, have a very cool graphic on our website that a friend did for us that I'm so excited about. Uh, it will be um, launching here soon and probably by the time this podcast comes out. But um, so we kind of broke Little Willows up into different six different like stages and so maybe if I walked through that too that would be helpful and just people knowing what we actually do what we provide and how they can get involved in that um since we kind of just jumped in without really even saying <laughs> what we did so uh, but first yeah so we get donations like I said we started with just a handful of friends and then they kept telling their friends and then they told their friends so it just grew uh, substantially within really six months and um, we do look for new and gently used clothing and right now we are taking preemie sizes through 5t so the hope is to expand that at some point, um, but I'll talk about that maybe in a little bit. And um, we feel like that's a really good age group right now because we can curate that box to um, be what it needs to be and provide that. And within that age group, you know, they can then feel like they're taken care of and loved. Whereas when you start to get older, we feel like picking is going to be an important process for that child to feel like they have say too in those clothes. Um, 
So the clothing that comes to us uh, is donated by community uh, members, families. We've had drop-off days through different parent groups. Uh, the Family Village in Longmont's been a huge partner, uh, MOPS groups. Um, this is all pre-COVID, obviously. Um, during COVID, we've been able to do porch pickups. So we've been able to sustain a, a stream of, of donations. Mm -hmm. So that's been great. So once we get the donations, we sort them by size and by season uh, so that we can have um, a good amount of clothes to be able to sort through as we are making the boxes. And as we're looking through these clothes, we want to make sure that they um, don't have any holes, don't have any stains, that they look new for these children. And um, we also look for any wording. Um, we avoid language around relatives, mommy, daddy, grandma. Uh, we also avoid words that we don't want to speak over this child, like troublemaker or um, other things that might be found on popular clothing, but could be really triggering for a child coming out of trauma or being in a transitioning to a foster care home. So we do a really mindful process of trying to pick clothing that is going to be a good fit for a child coming out of all kinds of different situations. Then the fun part for me comes in where I get to go curate a box for a child based on a, a season and be able to pick out 10 different outfits, uh, pants and shirts that all go together, PJs, new socks and underwear, shoes. And our goal really is so that like the thought is taken out for these families. You could go pick out a pair of pants and pick out a shirt and it'll go together. And then at the end of the week, you can tow it on the laundry, start over and have all kinds of different outfits that mix and match. And um, we just feel like this is really important for our um, branding purposes to provide this so that they don't have to worry about it every day of what are they gonna wear and what do we have and um, is it clean, is it in good shape? And we want these kids to look and feel their best and have that opportunity to. And um, sadly enough, there's research that also supports that how a child dress influences your way of reacting to them. And I wish that was not the case, but um, a child that you know has a bow in their hair and a cute dress on is going to be responded to differently than someone that might not have a matching shirt and top and has holes or stains on it. Wow. So in our society, there is no reason for a child to look like that. We have plenty of resources. So we're just trying to make sure that that child has the available resources to them to look and feel the best. Um, so once we have an adorable box that is ready to go and ready to be delivered, we have volunteers that wash it and then we fold it, Rikendo style, <laughs> and put it in the box. Um, and then we will deliver it to the home. Um, one of my favorite parts is delivering boxes because we get to see the relief on a foster care uh, mama's face after she just said yes to a placement in the middle of a storm, <laughs> you know, and she's trying to care for this baby and she doesn't, the baby came with an outfit, maybe two, and she doesn't um, have time to go out. Uh, and we show up the next morning with a box of everything she needs that's already washed and is ready. Wow. And um, it's a huge, it's a huge uh, motivation, I think, for us 
to be able to continue to do the work when we get foster care families that are continually saying, this is such a relief for us. We don't have to worry about this. We don't have to keep on stock all different clothing for whoever knows what child's going to show up. We can call Little Willows and we know they're going to show up with what we need. And then we can give back to them uh, when that child no longer needs those clothes and re repeat the cycle. Mm. Um, so, and um, that families that we serve, the families that we're able to deliver the boxes to include foster care families, um, majority of our families are foster care families. And it's such a, a good fit just because of what I said of yeah. not knowing what child um, you're going to get or age and being able to continue to support them while they're in foster care. And potentially if they go back home, uh, we can continue to support them there. Um, but also uh, wanting to support a larger population of people in our community who uh, either have financial needs or are uh, facing homelessness. You know, if we as a society can go upstream and downstream, um, I think that is a better way to fix <laughs> some of the issues that these families are facing than just responding in crisis. So we really feel passionate about supporting people who are in early intervention. We work with two amazing early interventionists, that's a tongue twister for me, in Fort Collins that refer families to us that we can come alongside and support for this basic need as they're navigating just so much um, already that this has taken off their plate. Um, so, um, so the families that we serve then can contact us, say a child grows out of those clothes or say um, the first snow happens. <laughs> we always try to be proactive, but Colorado seems to always be two weeks ahead of us. Mm -hmm. So we're learning. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, so the, the biggest vision though is that we get to have a connection with these families on an ongoing basis that then they get to give back to the community by re-donating uh, the clothes and then we get to reuse them for another family. And uh, as I've gotten to know more and more stories, I see clothing that I know have been on children and I know where they're going and it's, it's almost magical just to see these clothes take a journey too um, in all these kiddos' lives. So wow, wow. So do you partner with organizations also that can provide you with clothing, or is it strictly donations from people that are giving you these clothes? Um, and then do you take new clothing as well if people just want to go out and buy some clothing to give it to you? Yes. Uh, so so far, we have just taken clothing from individuals, and uh, that's been. Um, like individuals as well as groups of individuals that are in a mom's group together or a, a elementary school or um, like a parent co-op. Mm -hmm. So, so far we've just done that. We are always looking for ways to partner with businesses and local uh, nonprofits. So we can definitely talk through what it would look like to do a drive or um, specific things that we are needing. And uh, we've had also a couple of local boutiques that have donated inventory to us. And one of the unfortunate side effects of COVID is that a lot of small companies have been put, gone, or gone put, put under. <laughs> is that the right term? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so 
it, in some ways it's been really hard, but a lot of uh, the companies that have reached out to us, their way of responding to it is saying, I have to shut my doors, but I want this to go to local families. So we literally have um, hauled a 26 foot truck of boutique clothing um, uh, away from a, a very kind business owner into our storage area and have been able to include those in all of our baby boxes. Uh, and then recently another boutique that closed down gave us just this amazing holiday uh, attire to be able to include in our boxes we're giving out starting now. So those have just been really kind and generous people that um, in a time of hardship have really just chosen to give back to the community. Um, wow. So. Wow. And for people who are um, listening as well, maybe they haven't had kids, they can go out and purchase as well and drop them off. Um, right. And you also take financial donations as well, correct? Yes. Yes. So uh, we have a couple of very kind ladies that like to shop. So they will go buy um, clothing for us as well in sizes they know we are always needing. We also have an Amazon wish list that we have going. And we started this actually during COVID because we used to do sock and underwear drives. We feel pretty passionate that we're not going to um, hand use socks and underwear to a child. So we always make sure that those are new um, and still in the package so that there's no question asked. So when we didn't have any sock and underwear drive options, we decided to move that onto the Amazon wish list. And it's been a huge blessing. Um, um, That's awesome. So what we'll do is we'll make sure the Amazon wish list link is also posted um, in yeah. the show notes, which would be awesome then. Okay. Yeah. That's really, really good to know. Um, okay. So how does someone apply to receive a box? I, I heard you in the very beginning talk about, um, I think it was your brother and sister-in-law, you know, um, but how does someone actually apply to receive a box? Yes, most of the, the people that have received boxes are referred through other organizations. So on our website, we have a request a box form. And uh, the first criteria is which organization referred them to us. And this is just our way of knowing that they've um, gone through another organization, that there is a need and um, a way for us to be able to just also partner with organizations to provide their clients with what they need. So currently we do partner with uh, Boulder County, Larimer County, and Weld County uh, foster care families. So a lot of their social workers know about us and will refer families to us when there's a new placement or um, if there's financial needs that need to be met, um, we can help with the clothing aspect. We also work with other um, uh, fostering agencies like Maple Star, um, Maple Star has been a huge support of us from the get-go and told us back in the day when it was just an idea, girls, you go for this. <laughs> so they've been a huge support. And then um, also Larimer County Early Intervention refers families to us. And so we are constantly um, just also looking for other ways we can get plugged in 
and serve families uh, through organizations that are doing good work as well. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to see what the boxes look like. I'm imagining, you know, like a stitch fix or, you know, something <laughs> yeah. like where it's so exciting to get, right? And you're not just giving like a cardboard box of clothes. I mean, it is folded neatly, you know, like you said, and um, there's multiple outfits and their outfits are not just like 10 shirts and, you know, just thrown in there. So it's really um, exciting. I can't even imagine um, when they actually get the box. It really is like something landing on your doorstep and it's a nice new box to open and you get so excited for these clothes. Um, So it's so neat to hear that. Um, So what, what are some obstacles that you may have faced or that you still face and what motivates you to still continue? Have you had obstacles through this yeah um, starting a nonprofit was not something I would think my sister and I would ever say we were gonna do (laughs) and um, we love the service aspects of it obviously and the community aspect but the business side is is definitely challenging so um, I'm looking forward to diving in to a lot of your materials here and learning a lot about how I can motivate myself and really what is motivating is uh, the, the contribution to the community, the um, seeing uh, families being transformed as we get to journey with them. You know, we, we serve a very small part of being able to help them. But if we can all serve a small part, then they can get all of the wraparound services they need to succeed. And um, recently just celebrated with a single mom that for a year has been trying to get housing and a job for her and her two daughters. And we get to take them clothes every season and celebrate that journey with her and encourage her to just keep doing it because she is and she's strong and resilient. And um, those stories, you know, when... I'm tired or I'm exhausted or I don't want to do the not fun things of running a business or a nonprofit. You, they, you do them because you couldn't do everything else without them. So, yeah. Yeah. And do you have, I don't, I, I don't really want to put you on the spot, but I'm always curious. Um, you know, do you have statistics or numbers that you're proud of, of your organization? Like when you look back, when you and your sister, like, sit down you're like oh my gosh you know like I would have never expected to be here or to do this you know do you have special stories or statistics that you're proud of that you'd like to share yeah um so we we started really providing boxes in 2019 so we we're definitely a baby Mm -hmm. (laughs) nonprofit. I think as we talked earlier I, I definitely feel like we're a small fish in a big sea right now but um that's where it starts though. And so in 2019, we were able to provide 70 boxes to kids in our community. And this year we've already been able to provide 200. Um, So we're probably looking at tripling our capacity within one year. So um, we're we're very excited. Uh, We're at a very exciting stage, I think in seeing this as a reality now and seeing that it's a service that people um, rely on and that they need and that they feel encouraged and inspired by and that it also provides opportunity for other people to get involved in a way that's already a part of their lives of being able to donate clothes and um, do laundry and um, I think we're most excited about what's to come as well as far as um, being able to 
potentially have a space that we can facilitate better volunteer days and um, make more boxes from and as well as host uh, potential interns, potentially uh, teens that have aged out of the foster care system or that are in the foster care system could intern with us and have a job and um, be able to have a role to give back. Um, so we, we are we, we definitely dreamers. <laughs> so we're excited about where this journey has gotten us and we are just really excited to see how it continues to unfold. Yeah. And I love this too. I was part of a mastermind earlier this week and um, I, I see two things that are really kind of cool about um, your mind shift set. Because as a person who comes into a nonprofit, you know, the one thing that you expect is like, it doesn't matter. I want to serve. So if I just change the life of one person, then I've done what I need to do right in my life. And you've already done 70 in the first year and 200 in the second year. And, you know, it's almost like you feel like the sky's the limit. And so it's really cool to see how your mind shift um, went from, I, we saw the need, we were solving the need, you know, and oh my gosh, like, look at this huge need that we never even expected to see by the second year, right? But at that same time, I do have to praise you again, going back to what you said, to really teach other people to have a mind shift set, like, don't just get rid of your things, like, think about other people who actually need it. And um, I, I just, the thing that I love, and that's why I wanted to interview you too, is I just love the dignity part. And I think that comes with the mind shift set because I think a lot of people just box everything up and push it out the door and they don't take the time to think about just a small little act of spending time to care for the clothes and curate them makes it even so much more special, like magnitude, right? And a magnitude of, of um, just growing that and, and getting other people to shift their mindset as well. So that's really, really kind of cool. And I've got another idea for you too. So I'll tell you when okay. we're done here, but I've got some good partnership ideas for you. Um, okay. Yeah. So, okay. So for, you know, People that are listening and yeah. they want to be involved, like maybe, you know, support. We've talked about financial support. We've talked about donations. You know, what other ways can you think of that your organization might need from people? Yeah. Um, we, yeah, it's one of those crazy things of being able to be open to others' ideas and others' involvement. So I would say the best way to get involved in Little Willows is just to reach out and initiate a conversation with me, maybe even um, brainstorm a couple of things that bring you excitement and joy about what we do and why. And then we can figure out what that might look like and what we could bring to that. Um, through COVID, we've developed a laundry team of, of people who just love doing laundry and we, we've need, we need that. Um, I can't do all of it and my, my support can't do all of it. And so I drop off laundry and people love doing laundry. It's great, right? And so um, it's opportunities like that, that a lot of times, you know, we just want to be able to be open to how people want to fill in some of those needs. Mm -hmm. um, and we are looking forward to being able to continue to grow that and expand that, particularly after some of these restrictions are lifted in the near future. Yeah, yeah awesome. Okay, um, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you might want to share uh, with my listeners about Little Willows? Uh, we are just completely honored to be in this community and to be able to learn from people like you and all these organizations that have been going at it for many years and 
uh, just feel really blessed by the support and opportunity to, to grow. Awesome. Well, for um, my last question, I always ask, like to ask my guests this, but what might be one piece of advice that you can share with my listeners on just making the world a better place? Yeah. Um, I'm glad you sent this one ahead of time because I had to think about how to answer this. And uh, I think where I've landed is um, also kind of a personal response, I guess, to it as well. But to take the time to journey inward and to uncover your gifts and your passions. And then once you have that discovery, uh, be able to find ways to serve others through that. And if you can't find it, then just create it, right? (laughs) Uh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for being on here with me. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for the opportunity. And I'm just really grateful. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World and thank you NOCO FM for supporting this show. If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to noco.fm online. This is Loudspeaker.